So welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Join me again this morning um, for actually a repeat of something we've done last year, I think, and the year before. I've got Father Eamon Conway, who's going to chat to us about Loch Dog again this morning. Good morning, Father, Father Eamon. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, John. Lovely to be with you and your listeners once again. Thank you very much, Ned, for taking the time to talk to us. Okay, we want to speak this morning a little bit about uh, St. Patrick's Purgatory, to give you this official name, I think, in Loch Derg, County Donegal. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Maybe it's history and its tradition and what's involved and so on and so forth? Well, I, I have a very, very fond place in my heart for Loch Derg, and uh, I suppose it's just been a part of my whole ministry, my priesthood. I went there as a student first in the early 1980s. I used to work there uh, helping with the liturgy, with the music and so on. And I've kept up a relationship there, going back as often as I can, both through the pilgrimage and also to to, uh, to minister there. So I, I just I just love uh, the, the, the whole spirituality of the islands, the peace and so on. And I suppose what we can be very, very proud of as Catholics, as Christians in this country, is that there's an unbroken tradition of prayer going back there. We know at least to the 6th century, to probably about 580, possibly earlier. I mean, some of the accounts would associate it with St. Patrick himself. We know that even before the time of St. Patrick, there certainly was a presence of Druids. And it was quite common for the early Christians, if you like, to occupy and take over uh, the Celtic religious uh, spots. And of course, they often had the best spots. And Loch Derg is a place of great scenic beauty as well. And uh, we can understand uh, why they may well have done so. So what we're talking about is a little island on a lake in north, uh, in South Donegal, northwest Ireland. Okay, so from the weekend, uh, the bank holiday weekend, uh, right through to the 15th of August, we expect probably anything between six and 7,000 people uh, to make the now three-day pilgrimage, which is a very famous part of, of Loch Derg. Of course, during April, just past and, and May, and again in September and October, many people will go there on retreat, on one-day retreats, and indeed uh, some confirmation children will have spent an overnight on the island. But the traditional pilgrimage that people associate with Loch Derg, which involves fasting, going barefoot, keeping vigil on the island, uh, endures from now until, in fact, the 15th of August. And so 7,000 people, did you say, roughly might be taking part in the pilgrimage this year? Yeah, yeah, and that's the usual figure nowadays. I mean, it has gone up much higher than that in maybe 20, 30 years ago. But over 100 years ago, it probably wasn't any higher than it is today and throughout its history. And it, what I love to think about is that from now until the 15th of August, there's a place in this country where prayer is going on 24-7. Mm. We're used to these shops now that are open 24-7. We're used to online shopping that's 24-7. But on this island in the south of Donegal, from now until the 15th of August, prayer will be going on 24-7. Sometimes it may only be 30 or 40 people that will be on vigil. Sometimes it will be hundreds. Depends on the if it's a weekend, for example, the numbers will be higher. But that prayer we can all associate ourselves with, even if at this point for some reason we cannot do the pilgrimage itself, uh, we can be associated with that prayer. I always see intercessory prayer a bit like putting money in the bank. Mm. Uh, you know, it's 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 there to be drawn out and drawn upon in our own particular hour of need. And pilgrims are very conscious of that, and they do pray uh, for fellow Christians and indeed for Catholics uh, throughout the world. 
So if you were thinking of doing Loch Derg, and you know, maybe some of our listeners might consider it, uh, you won't be the only one doing it for the first time. One of the things I love every year is that we have many, many first-time pilgrims, including many young people. Uh, last year, a number of students actually came with me who were doing it for the first time. And it was great to see it through their eyes and to see how it has a perennial uh, appeal, really, because it gets right to the heart of who we are as people. Without shoes, without sleep, without food, we really encounter ourselves as our most vulnerable. And in many ways today, we can protect ourselves from that vulnerability, but it's always there. And we find that in that vulnerability, we're not alone, that God is there with us. And there's nothing really that life can throw at us that we're not able to deal with. I think that's part of the gift of Loch Derg. And I mean, a lot of people say, oh, my daily life is a pilgrimage. My daily life is penance. My daily life is enough suffering and that I don't need to do Loch Derg. But it's actually, it's the wrong way around. It's a bit like going to the gym. Uh, you go to the gym so you get fit, so you're able to deal with the physical demands of your daily life. Similarly, if you do Loch Derg, you're able to build up the spiritual muscle, as I call it, or the spiritual resilience to deal with whatever life throws at you. It's very interesting to see the number of people like nurses and doctors and people in the caring professions, which can be so demanding, and people in those kinds of occupations are so prone to burnout and so on. Uh, that actually do lock their because they find it builds up that spiritual muscle. It reassures them at the core of their being that they're not on the, their own in this world, that God is with them and that God loves them and that God holds them in the palm of their hands. And so there's some people, you know, they come back uh, year after year after year. Is it that they found something unlocked during maybe the first time or the second time they were there that's found that's helped them throughout the year and when they continue on coming back every year to get that sustenance? Yes, it is. And I think, you know, in each generation, it draws out different things out of people. Like nowadays, what I hear a lot of people say, it's just great to get away from the mobile phone. I hear parents, for example, maybe of young children, teenage children saying, well, you know, here I can be here now for the weekend. And, you know, I'm I'm free of, of the demands that are there just for a few days. I can be myself. I can think. I can reflect. I can pray. And then in my daily life, perhaps I don't have as much time for reflection, but I know this is a weekend for it. And one of the things about it that, that's interesting is that you get a lot of pilgrims, pilgrims who are doing Loch Derg um, without, I suppose, if you like, um, having a, maybe a very regular connection with the church otherwise. So a lot of people will come to confession Loch Derg and the first thing they say, well, Father, I haven't been to confession actually since I was here this time last year. And I'm not necessarily recommending that. It just shows that that people who come in off and do Loch Derg are, are finding an anchor in this pilgrimage where in their daily life or their weekly life or their monthly life, maybe regular worship or being part of a religious community is not so appealing or attractive to them. But here there's real strength and community in prayer. and We all need that at times. You know, like if you think about it, we need community now if we want to lose weight, we go to Weight Watchers. If we want to overcome a gambling addiction, we go to Gambling Anonymous. You know, what makes us think that we can make our way to God on our own? Uh, and I really think that's why a place, a pilgrimage in particular, uh, Loch Derg, is a great place for reconnecting with others and sharing our faith journey. Some people might ask, um, Father Edmund, do I have to be a Catholic or even a Christian to make this pilgrimage to Loch Derg? Well, the, the short answer is no. Uh, there are some people who are Buddhists who do it every year. I often meet them there. I've met people from the Church of Ireland, some people indeed from the North who are Church of Ireland and do it. I suppose you will get different things out of it depending where you are on your faith journey. So uh, the short answer is you don't, but obviously it is very much based around the sacraments, the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of 
Eucharist, we renew our baptismal promises. But uh, many people can come there and maybe, you know, stop short uh, and, and realize that that's, you know, for obviously for people who are members of the of the church, of the Christian community, um, but still get something out of the spiritual, the physical exercise. There's something very natural about walking barefoot, about getting in touch with the earth from which we all come. As we say on the you know on, on on the first day of Lent, dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. About getting in touch with our earthiness that appeals, I think, across the various religious traditions to people who are exploring um, who they are themselves as people, and in the context, trying to find out who God is in their lives. One of the things that I found myself when I done that Doug a few years ago, uh, Father Emmett, was um, really the. the, the the chance to meet other people where they are. It could be in the middle of the night. It could be first thing in the morning. Just listen to their stories and their experiences of maybe the challenges of faith that they have uh, and the encouragement that we can get off each other. And it's not part of the journey, I suppose, too. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, being barefoot is a great leveller. And it doesn't matter whether you're, uh, you know, whatever career or pathway or status you have in life, it's a great leveller. It's interesting how all our significant poets really wrote about Loch Derrick. We have poems, very famous poems by Seamus Heaney, by Patrick Kavanagh, um, that, uh, uh, that, that uh, Paul Durkin indeed, that uh, try to capture that ordinary human interaction uh, on, on a place like Loch Derrick. But it's, it's really that we leave ourselves open to depth of relationship. It goes beyond the trivial, depth of relationship with God and indeed with one another. So now we come to maybe find out a little bit more about what's involved. There's a three-day pilgrimage and a one-day pilgrimage. Can you tell us yeah. what's involved, so please? If, if, if any of your listeners were thinking of going there tomorrow, that would mean that they would fast. I think going, by the way, any day between now and the 13th of August. It would mean that from midnight tonight, one fasts. You drink water as much as you like, uh, but you don't eat anything from midnight um, that's strange. You get up in the morning, first thing you normally think of doing is having your breakfast, certainly before heading out on the journey. This is one journey where you, you, you don't do that. So your pilgrimage has begun. We make our way to the island, try to get there before mid, midday if possible, but certainly you can, you can actually come on pilgrimage up until four or five in the afternoon. But I think the earlier you get there, the more you're going to get out of it. And uh, there are boats going back and over all day uh, to the island. It's only a five-minute boat journey not to take an awful lot of things with you, certainly not valuable, certainly clothes to be equipped for all weather because you can have all weathers in one day as we can any part of Ireland and also in Loch Derg. When you arrive on the island, you'll be shown to a, um, an area of, uh, it's, it's a, you'll have a cubicle to yourself, you'll have privacy, but uh, it's, it's, it's a dormitory type situation that you will have a screened off area. You can leave your clothes, your personal belongings there. You leave your shoes, you come down, and then you begin what are called station prayers. And these are very much in the ancient part of the pilgrimage. There are the ruins of monastic cells that go well back in our history uh, to the island, certainly back to the 7th or 8th century. And so you walk around these cells uh, barefoot, uh, repeating patterns of prayer, uh, well-known prayers around these uh, monastic cells. And uh, it's all on the leaflet, so for first-timers, it's nothing that they need to be very worried about. So you walk around on these uh, patterns of prayers. That takes about 45 minutes. There's five or six of these cells you walk around. And then uh, the prayer begins in the Basilica. And Loch Derr contains one of our two national basilicas, the older one, the other one obviously being in Knock. These prayers take about 45, 50 minutes to complete. So you do three of these prayers. 
And at some point when it suits you yourself best, you can go and have a meal. Now, it's a very simple meal. So when we talk about fasting, it's not a complete fast in that you get to have uh, some dry bread uh, or um, oat cakes, which are very, I find them very nourishing, actually, and black tea or coffee. Uh, as in one sitting, you can have a, what's called a lockdown meal. That's all provided. And then you can rest. If you get your station prayers done, you can actually rest. You can sleep because your vigil doesn't begin until that night. There's Eucharist at 6.30 in the evening and then there's night prayer uh, about 9 o'clock. And then there's a talk from a member of the staff to help you prepare spiritually for the night ahead. During the night, you remain awake, walking, standing, kneeling, saying the same station prayers you did outside on the on the beds or the monastic cell beds, but inside of the basilica. It's much safer to do it, obviously, there at night. And you do another four of those during the night, uh, as well as the rosary. And that, basically, that goes on throughout the whole night. So there's a, there's a lovely line of a hymn that says, the voice of prayer is never silent, nor dies the strain of praise away. So this goes on throughout the night. And then at dawn at 6.30 in the morning, there's Eucharist. And then there's the, the celebration of the Sacrament of Reconciliation at 8.30, when you will have baptismal promises at 12.30. At some point, again, you can take another meal similar to the one I described from the day before. And uh, there's the Way of the Cross at 3 o'clock, Eucharist at 6.30. And really, you struggle to stay awake, to be vigilant, to be open to the Lord speaking to you. And of course, your struggle itself is a kind of a prayer. It's saying, I'm prepared to allow the Lord to reach me, to touch me. And I find during lockdown, when I do the pilgrimage myself, and I, I might go there with certain things in my mind. I might go with my shopping list, things I want to sort out in my life. But sometimes the Lord surprises me. And I realize there's actually something maybe I wasn't in touch with at a deeper level where I needed to be healed or forgiven or loved or held. That's bubbled up to the surface for me. Maybe other things just fade into insignificance. So you can get a lovely surprise sometimes too in doing the pilgrimage. And so that night, then after night prayer, you can go to bed. And you get up in the morning, this is your third day now. You uh, do, uh, after Mass, you do one more station prayer, like the ones I've described, either inside the basilica or outside. You can make a choice. And then you can put your shoes back on, and the boat leaves about 9.30. And that's your island part of the pilgrimage over with you're free to drive home and you create for yourself at some point a lockdown type meal a very simple meal again along the same lines as the meals you've had on the island and that can and your fast continues otherwise until midnight and that's your three days done so that's the pilgrimage but I can tell you and any of your listeners listening my students who did the last year with me young people for the first time they on the boat on the way home they were saying this is I'm coming back you know people Going there, so I say, oh, how can I get through this? But it's just such an experience of of cleansing, really, of letting go, of 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 trusting in what's bigger than ourselves, and that's I think what brings people back that they are genuinely healed and and held by that, and it's something that they that sustains them, sustains us uh, in the months uh, then that follow. Uh, so you know, as you can as you can gather, I. I really do believe and I think I think a lot of what we spend an awful lot more money on in terms of, you know, um all these kinds of holistic weekends and everything else, you're getting in a much more natural uh and of course God given way at a place like Lockberg. 
Really, it's a beautiful gift uh, for us, especially for those who who can make the three-day. But maybe there's some people who can't make a three-day pilgrimage. There's a one-day pilgrimage, Father Eamon, isn't there? Not, yeah, so not from the 1st of June to the 15th of August. That's reserved for the three-day. When the 15th of August comes, after a few days' break, the staff start offering again one-day retreats. So people can look out for that if they go to their Lockdark website, lockdark.org, Lockdark spelled L-O-U-G-H-D-E-R-G. They'll see a full program of activities there. But can I just say something else? Because I think some people would say, oh, this idea of having to do penance to get God to love me. That's not what it's about. It's because God loves us that we need to do something to change ourselves. Dr. is not about changing God. God forbids that we would change God because God already loves us to bits. It's about who am I before that love? How, what do I need to undertake in my own life to be more present to the God who loves me? What do I need to let go of in my own life? And I'm rehearsing that. I'm practicing that in the asceticism, in the, in the penitential exercises of Lockdurg. So Lockdurg is not about changing or appeasing an angry God, not at all. And I think maybe in the past there were bad spiritualities that, that conveyed that. It's about actually freeing ourselves of what gets in the way of us being open to the love that God has always held for us. And I suppose if we can hold on to that, then that'll keep us going for the rest of the year. I, I believe so. I really believe so, yeah. Absolutely. Just going back again, uh, just for them, in regard to the one-day one, because there might be some of our listeners who might be able to make a three-day sure. uh, pilgrimage one day. Just quickly, what's involved with a one-day pilgrimage, please? Yeah, well, they, they're very often thematic, so you really have to go to the website there. So sometimes they're days for young people, uh, for older people, for married couples. Uh, so there might be one that would particularly suit uh, maybe a day of healing, that might particularly suit some of your listeners, I would really refer them to the website Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. look there. It's not a case of simply arriving and, uh, you know, you'd have to look and see what particularly on offer. Sometimes groups book particular days. There are particular groups that organise days um, of pilgrimage for their members and so on. And it's a case of really looking at the website and see what's coming up. Just to assure people, you know, who might want to have out of those, that doesn't entail taking your shoes off and 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 saying no, 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 and, okay. and you're forced to eat. <laughs> no, <there's laughs> you're forced to eat. Yes, uh, on the island. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, the, the, you're not the, allowed the, to to it, indulge in that lockdog meal. Okay. Exactly, exactly. No, you're going and, to pop a meal up. So, some yeah. contact details there, Father, in case anybody wants Yeah, so again, uh, yeah, again, lockdurg.org, www.lougdrg.org. And uh, the uh, 0719615186, 0719615186 is the uh, number to the island. And I suppose I should say, I'm a, I'm not a full member of staff there. Obviously, I work in Mary Immaculate. Uh, I'm a part-time member of staff there. Uh, but if anybody, you know, wants to find out more from me personally, I'd be delighted to do that. But there are also, if you go to YouTube, uh, those who are on, on the internet and so on, there are lots of videos up there talking about the island, explaining the island, uh, you know. And uh, I think every church now in the country probably has uh, contact information, a poster up or whatever, you know. And just for those uh, that, for those listeners who might be living locally here around West Limerick, I know the Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzpatrick uh, Transport uh, Bus Service of Listall, they will be actually um, taking a trip up to Lockdurg. I know we missed the one last weekend, the one that's up there now at the moment, but the 9th of July and the 9th of August, the, the, I'll give you more details as that comes closer. You can contact them actually on 068 
61707. That's 068 That's Fitzpatrick's of Listow. They actually go through Newcastle West uh, from Abbeyfield, from Trilly, from Listow, I'm sure, right the way up to Donegal and all, all the way back home again in, uh, in three days' time. Father Eamon, thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning and letting us know about Loch Dark. A pleasure as always. Maybe, All the very best. God bless. Maybe some of your listeners, maybe some of our listeners might, might meet you up there, Father. God bless you now. Peace, God. Bye-bye now. So now we might go for our second piece of music, and this is a song by Paul Gurr, and this one is entitled Come As You Are. So please join us again for the Gospel in Part 3. Come as you are, that's how I want you. Come as you are, Close to my heart, loved and forgiven Come as you are, why stand alone? Oh 